Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us for this podcast. Our overarching theme at this time of year is Kingdom, the Kingship of Christ, and also Remembrance, hence the red altar frontal behind me. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. May our Lord Jesus Christ comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word.
welcome everyone to our choral Eucharist on this the third Sunday before Advent. We're delighted that you're joining us for this online act of worship. We begin with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from sin and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority and bring the families of the nations divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Job. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead they were graven in the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, then from my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter to the Thessalonians. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling to meet him, we beg you, brethren, not to be quickly shaken in mind or excited, either by spirit or by word, or by letter purporting to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion 
comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you this? But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning to be saved, through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. There came to Jesus some Sadducees, those who say that there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, 
Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the wife and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children, and the second and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are accounted worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die any more, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Emeritus Professor of the Interpretation of Holy Scripture at Oxford, John Barton, who also happens to be godfather to my younger daughter, grew up in Southall, just a stone's throw away from where I myself was born, in Hayes, which is now classed as being in Greater London. And I can remember John describing his upbringing in a home in which the world was quite strictly divided into two kinds of people. There were family and other. Family members were always welcomed in with open arms, but it simply wouldn't have occurred to his parents to invite anyone else over the threshold because everyone else was other, alien. And I can so recognise and relate to that from my own childhood. My mum, who like most of the other women she knew, had been expected to give up work when she got married in order to be a full-time housewife and mother. And she would certainly visit the homes of her housewifely neighbours for a cup of tea and then occasionally return the favour. But the idea that you might invite people who were not family round to your house for dinner or, heaven forfend, have them to stay, even if you had the space, which in our case we didn't, would simply not have occurred to my mum. It just wasn't on her radar at all. And it was exactly the same with my in-laws. At the baptism of my own elder daughter, now 30 years ago, we invited immediate family members from both sides to come round to our house for lunch afterwards. I was rather taken aback to overhear my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, warning one of her own grandchildren not to launch into the buffet before members of my own family. Guests first, she said sternly to the little boy. In other words, even though she was in my house, 
She automatically and unthinkingly classified herself and her offspring as family, but members of my own family, when in my house, were, in her view, classed as other. Quite bizarre. But it does show how easily we can erect psychological barriers distinguishing between us and them without even realising it. Indeed, I was such a product of that kind of upbringing that I can remember when starting at a university which had a disproportionate number of students from much more well-to-do backgrounds, being absolutely staggered to discover that my housemates would routinely invite their fellow students round for supper. It was a world of socialising and social norms that was at the time completely alien to me. Now, I suspect that most human beings are essentially tribal by both nature and instinct, even if we're unaware of it part of the time. Because we like to know the difference between us and them. We like the sense of belonging that comes of being able to identify with a particular group, whether that's one's own family, one's own nation, or one's own local football supporters club. These distinctions can be relatively harmless. However, they can also be highly iniquitous and even deeply discriminatory when, for example, those boundaries separating us and them are drawn along lines of race or colour or class or gender or orientation or power. The reason why we like to create tribes or join tribes or feel that we are a part of, we are a part of a tribe is because, because distinguishing between us and them can make the whole task of navigating a complex world of relationships appear much, much more simple. Because it maps out for you very clearly where your duty lies and who is and who is not your responsibility. Having said that, I can remember many years ago reading Vera Britton's autobiographical work, Testament of Youth, in which she describes her own harrowing experiences of the First World War and her time working as a nursing auxiliary amongst grievously injured soldiers and how astounded and moved she was when she first discovered that her fellow nurses treated the enemy wounded with exactly the same amount of dedication and care and compassion as they did their own soldiers. Their calling as nurses transcended what one might otherwise have assumed to be their own tribal loyalties. But all too often we simply fall unthinkingly into tribal patterns of behaviour. Nothing to do with me. Not my responsibility. The world of the Bible is one in which social boundaries were drawn unusually sharply and clearly. Most notably in the distinction between Jew and Gentile, which was consolidated and endorsed by the strict dietary and food preparation laws that came to be associated with Judaism, which of course make it difficult for Jews even to eat with non-Jews to this day, together with a host of other regulations of all shapes and forms that ensured that there was always a barrier and a wedge and a boundary and a separation 
between Jew and Gentile. And it was that kind of very strict and rigid segregation that provided the background for the ministry of Jesus, himself, of course, Jewish. He strode through ancient Palestine, causing hidden boundaries and tribal loyalties to disintegrate as he went. You may perhaps remember the sayings of Jesus that we heard in our gospel reading last Sunday morning. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. A direct inversion of all the normal definitions of where our own tribal duty lies. A charter for living in a way that transcends tribal boundaries and makes us rethink fundamentally how we should conduct ourselves towards the very people we have always been led to regard not only as other but as enemy. And so many of the stories and teachings of Jesus reflect this. The parable of the Good Samaritan, where it is a Samaritan, one who is despised and treated, by, with, treated with contempt by the Jews. It is a Samaritan who comes to the aid of a wounded man who is Jewish. And we see it reflected in the whole area of family relationships. You may remember that gospel story where Jesus is told that his mother and his brothers are, wait, are waiting for him. And he looks round at those who are sitting by him saying, here are my mother and my brothers. In St. John's account of the crucifixion, the dying Jesus entrusts his mother and his beloved disciple to one another. Woman, behold your son. Son, here is your mother. And in today's Gospel reading, the Sadducees, one of the powerful religious groups of Jesus' day, defined by the fact that they did not believe that there was such a thing as resurrection, the Sadducees predictably are trying to trip him up by asking a clever trick question. So, a woman marries seven brothers in turn, each one dying after the previous one. I have to say at this point that if I were the police, I would certainly be asking myself if she had something to do with it, but I digress. So, whose wife will she be at the resurrection? To which the answer Jesus gives is none of them, because there will be no marrying nor giving in marriage, because those boundaries will no longer exist in the world to come. The wonderful, liberating and challenging thing about the life of faith is that the longer you immerse yourself in it, the more the conventional boundaries begin to dissolve. And here in St Brides this morning, we are seeing a little foretaste of that, as in our service in church, we shall be welcoming a child into the family of Christ through his baptism. I have to say that this particular child is richly blessed in his choice of parents. They are such a lovely family. But he is also now part of a family where none of the conventional boundaries apply, where tribal loyalties dissolve, where all are welcome, where all are loved. Because as St Paul reminds us in his letter to the Galatians, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.
Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of God made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. We pray together to Almighty God, through Jesus Christ, his Son, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Please join me with the response, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the worldwide Christian community with all faiths that trust in the everlasting God. Today, in the cycle of prayer, we pray for Liliot in the Church of Sweden, for the Diocese of Ealing in Greater London, and for the cathedral and churches in the City of London. We pray for our own Church of St. Bride's. We ask for your continued blessing and grace for all clergy and staff, choirs and congregations. May they continue to worship to your glory and praise. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for the victims of war and conflict, particularly the losses in Ukraine and the fear and suffering of the people caught in this unimaginable tragedy. We hope for them all to receive continued strength and comfort and that reconciliation and peace will be achieved soon. Our prayers are offered for refugees driven from their homes by war or by economic forces or by their devastation of climate change. We pray that the men and women that hold the power and influence be ever mindful 
and act to bring about societies where every individual has access to food and shelter and health care in harmony with nature and with each other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the men and women who work tirelessly to bring about peace among peoples and nations. We give thanks for all the men and women who work to relieve human suffering worldwide. We give thanks for our own emergency services, ambulance, fire and rescue services, police and security services, for the work they do to assist us keeping safe and secure. We trust that their resolve will be rewarded by your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to praise and give thanks for our abundant and beautiful earth, your infinite creation. We ask forgiveness for the abuse of resources that has brought about evidence of climate change. We are grateful for the scientists who work to minimise and hopefully prevent further deterioration, especially in areas already affected so adversely. We pray for all the individuals who work to raise awareness of environmental damage, among them our own King Charles III, May he and his family and all the others continue with determination to allay this global crisis. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask through Jesus Christ, the healer of the sick and distressed, to give relief to those who are suffering from illness in mind, body, or soul. Through him we pray for the family and friends and professionals who care for them to be sustained and blessed in order that they may all be comforted and free from distress and pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those that have left this earthly life, that they may know rest and peace in eternal life. We pray that those who share their lives with the departed now find comfort and peace in the love they gave and received. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we pray to the might of the Trinity for all children and young people throughout this country and the world, trusting they may grow secure in love and be protected from harm. We pray for parents and carers everywhere. Merciful Father, 
Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? To crown all things there must be love, to bind all things together and complete the whole. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks that he is the King of glory who overcomes the sting of death and opens the kingdom of heaven to all believers. He is seated at your right hand in glory, and we believe that he will come to be our judge. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this, our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. 
Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. O God of peace, whose Son, Jesus Christ, proclaimed the kingdom and restored the broken to wholeness of life, look with compassion upon the anguish of the world and, by thy healing power, make whole both people and nations through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ our King make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>